Luke chapter number 23, and uh, we've been preaching on the seven sayings on the cross. It was seven statements that the Lord made on the cross, and uh, this will be our seventh uh, this morning. This will be the final one. I really enjoyed uh, focusing in on these uh, statements. I think, you know, a lot of times when you think of somebody's last words, the last thing they had to say was... It's usually pretty important, and, uh, and, and I think that that is the same way for the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's a couple of things uh, that I realized through this study. Uh, number one is, living the crucified life is not easy. Amen. It is not easy, and I think that is, uh, uh, the, of course, the main truth of the cross was what the Lord did for our sin, yeah, the sacrifice that he made and the atonement and redemption and all that had to do with that, but some, some symbolism. And a lot of what Jesus did on the cross, he didn't have to pray, he didn't have to do a lot of things that he did, but he did that for our example. Many of the things he did in his life, he did that for our example. And uh, here he, in Luke chapter 9, 23, he commissioned the disciples to live a disciplined life. And uh, really you're not going to achieve the things that you really need to and should without a disciplined life and being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, matter of fact, one of the scriptures says you count the cost before you build the building. And here the Lord, I think, gives us the great example, example of living the crucified life is, is just not easy. And uh, we find that, but through all this, we find a lot of comfort. We find a lot of consolation. And I think here at the end, the last thing, that our Lord said in Luke 23, verse 46, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, He gave up the ghost. And again, the words of our Lord was, Father, into Thy hands I commend thy, uh, my spirit. And I want to preach for a little while on the subject of we are in good hands. Amen. We are in good hands, Amen. and uh, let's have a word of prayer before we begin our message this morning. Lord, we do want to thank you for your goodness and your love. I've uh, reviewed and studied uh, these seven great statements that you made up on Calvary. It's been a great blessing to my heart, and I hope and pray uh, it's been an encouragement and a blessing to this church. We thank you as, as our example that we see the great commitment and the consecration and the discipline that you had in your life for us. And we pray that we could just have a little bit of what you had in our lives. Thank you for the peace that you show here up on Calvary. As you was nailed to a cross, there's peace in your heart. We pray that you'd give us that peace and help, help us to be reminded of that peace that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. First message we preached our Lord said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't give any excuses. He didn't say, I've been crucified unjustly. He didn't say, I'm up here for all the wrong reasons. He didn't make out any kind of excuses. He just said, Father, forgive them. It was a prayer of forgiveness. Amen. That was a hard prayer to pray as he's nailed up on a cross. with A nail in each hand and a nail through his feet just after taking the beating that he took to pray that prayer showed a great example of how we should be toward our enemies and certainly how we should love one another. And, uh, and then the, the second statement, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
He had a lot of things to worry about, but what was on his heart the most was winning that last soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Third thing is he said, woman, behold thy son. Of course, told John, behold uh, thy mother. And uh, thank God that we're part of the family. Family is part of uh, what the Lord is all about. And thank God we're heirs. And I think that was a part of the whole message as he looked at John and said, you know, you're that heir. You're the one that's going to take care of my mother. Don't have anything, anything else to give you. But it showed that he was part of the family. Uh, then he said, I thirst. It showed us a great picture of suffering. Sometimes that's the way it is. But we find also that he was the living water. Yeah. And that he can quench the thirsting soul. And then uh, last, uh, well, the fifth one was, why hast thou forsaken me? An ugly price of sin that had to be paid. How darkness covered the earth. For three hours, as the Trinity that had been together for so long, God the Father had to turn from God the Son because of the price of sin that we uh, placed on Him. He was willing to do that. And then last week we preached on, it is finished. It's a message of victory. Uh, when When He knew that all the work, the sacrificial work, everything that had been prophesied, everything had now come to pass, He said, it's finished. And uh, we hope that when we get to the last of our days, we can say the same thing. We've done exactly what God has wanted us to do. Now, I know there's doubts, and I know that there's fears, and I know that you wonder sometimes what all goes on with life, making the right decisions or wrong decisions, but hopefully at the end of the day, as you said, you've done your best to follow the Lord. It is finished. And then we find here, he said, last of all, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And so I think it's a great picture in John chapter number 10 and verse 28 and 29. You don't have to go there, but it's the great passage of scripture where you're placed in the father's hand and then the Lord places his hand over that, the Lord Jesus. You got God, the father, you got God, the son, you got the Holy spirit in your heart. And so you're in his hands. And here we find a great picture. Once you're saved, I'm not talking about just having a little bit of religion. I'm talking about just having a little taste of going to church every now and then. But when you know you've been saved, you know when you've been born again from on high, and you've had a change in your life, and you are now a born again believer, you are in good hands. You know, there's a peace there. As you see Jesus here on the cross, nailed to a cross, and you talk about you've had a hard time in life. You say things just aren't going my way. Uh, but we're think, no matter what we go through as a Christian... We are in good hands, no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, no matter, no matter what uh, life may throw at us, positionally, spiritually, and physically, nothing can change the this very fact that we have been saved and born again. The Bible says in Romans 8 that nothing will separate you from the love of God, Amen. which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's peace in that. Yes. I remind you of when the disciples went out on a mission trip, they came back, Hooping and hollering and rejoicing and saying, we have got power over the very demons of hell. Amen. Jesus said, rejoice not that your la- names, uh, rejoice not that you got power over the spirits, but rejoice that your name is written yes. in heaven. Amen. There's going to be days, Brother Terry, when things yes. ain't going your way and you ain't going to have anything to Amen. rejoice about, but something you always have to rejoice about is my name's in heaven. Yeah. In the There's book. a peace there. See, as our Lord is getting ready to pass on, as our Lord... Dying a young death, by the way, 33 years of age. You talk about some of the most sad funerals you ever go to is the funeral 
where you're saying goodbye to somebody who died long before their time. Well, our Lord was 33 years of age. You know, life, I guess, in certain ways, symbolism, of course, didn't catch him by surprise. Nothing caught our Lord by surprise. But there is no doubt when he was born, there was no room for him. When he was born, there was no place for him. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He was forsaken by his own. He was forsaken by his disciples. And there for three hours, he was forsaken by God the Father. And here he is on the cross all alone now, it seems as though. Life has now been turned upside down, topsy-turvy. It could get no worse. He, uh, before the cross, he's praying alone in the garden. Uh, he's falsely accused, unjustly crucified. Uh, as he is on the cross, there are people crying out, If thou be the Christ... People are still crying that out today, if thou be the Christ. There's so many people doubting Him. There's more people, it seems like today, they believe they came from monkeys than they did a Creator. Hey, I'm talking about there's still a lot of professors all across the universities, across America, that are still saying, if thou be. There's doubts in the minds of people everywhere. And here's our Lord. But not just a good man. He's the greatest man. He's not just a great person that did a lot of great things. This is God. In the flesh. Now, this is the one who is in heaven and robed in righteousness. And the angels bowed down at his feet crying out, holy, holy, holy. And he gave it all up and he didn't have no room for him. Didn't have no time for him. Didn't have no place for him. Didn't have nowhere to go for him. He's forsaken by his own, unloved by his own. The only people that came to the cross was his mother and a few women and John the Beloved. And he got there late. I'm talking about alone and a time of suffering as he's fixing to go to that golden shore that we've sang so much about. Hey, breathing that last breath, drawing that last breath for the last time. He's there. The worst time in life that you could ever have. The time of life that everybody dreads. The time of life that we don't even want to think about. Don't even want to talk about. Don't want to even have to enter our mind the time that we draw our last breath. And here He is at that last breath. And He says, Father. Yeah. There's a peace there in that statement. There's something there about that. Hey, you can't have without the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have that kind of peace. You can't have that kind of contentment. You can't have that kind of communion. But here our Lord, He says, Father. And there's a peace there. There's a peace that passes all understanding. I don't know when that day comes for me, but I know when that day comes, I know the Lord's going to give me a peace. Forsaken by his own, but there was a peace. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm so glad that in the midnight hour, <laughs> there's a peace. Paul and Silas in the jail in the midnight hour. They're singing praises, praying. People are getting saved in that midnight hour. It was the jailer got saved. They couldn't even wait till the. They baptized him that. You ever noticed that? They baptized him that night. Didn't wait till later day. I'm talking about just having a good time. Peace in the midnight hour. Out in the storm, they thought that here, here it was. They thought they was going to drown and die, and this was it for the disciples. They woke Jesus up, and he just said, "Peace, be still." 
There was peace in the storm. There's peace in the midnight hour. There's peace. There's peace. What blessed peace we have We have when we have the Lord Jesus in our life. And here, he didn't have to say this prayer. He didn't have to pray this prayer. He knew exactly where he was going. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what all would take place. But he said this for our benefit, that as you draw that last breath, you got the ability to say, I'm in good hands. I'm in good hands. No matter what's coming tomorrow, I've never been to heaven. Now, there's been some people said they've been to heaven and came back to live to tell about it. I don't know. I, I still go by the Bible. I don't go by what somebody says. I still go by the Bible. It says there's streets of gold. There's gates of pearl. and It's a, it's a place of a reunion. There's the, the, all our loved ones who do the Lord. We're going to meet them one day. It's not all. Hey, this life is not all there is. There's a peace and we're in good hands when you got the Lord. Sure. Well, we hate to see the casket. We hate to have the funeral. We hate to see uh, the, uh, the, the, the hearse coming but I tell you, dear friends, when you know the Lord, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And so there's a peace. And then we see that this peace comes, and somebody's just going to have to raise their hand when it's 12 o'clock, because that clock don't work. Y'all with me? <laughs> you know, because I'm having a good time here. And I get, I get carried away. Now listen, you, you can have this peace, first of all, We'll tell you how you can have this peace. First of all, it's because of salvation. That's how you have that peace, the work of the cross. The sacrifice was made, and the sacrifice, thank God, was accepted on my part. The sacrifice was made for everybody. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for everybody. Anybody that wanted to come to him, they can come. No matter who you are, red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. No matter where you've been, what you've done, you've been in all kind of sin, been in all kind of crime, doesn't matter who you are, if you've lived a life of, of, of goodness and righteousness, but you don't know the Lord, no matter who you are, you can get saved. Amen. Sacrifice has been made, and thank God on my part, I've accepted that sacrifice. And you need to accept that sacrifice because... We know that in the Lord, the Bible says in Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of His cross. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also has suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of Christ. So here we find the sacrifices made. That's how you have peace, by putting your faith and putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's peace there. There's peace. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I mentioned it many times about the older preachers in his last days, and they asked him what's the greatest truth he'd ever learned. He said, well, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. We base everything we have on God's Word. Not only can you have peace through salvation, but you can have peace through being a servant. To being a servant. You see, Philippians 2.7 says, Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. I'll tell you something that will help you as you're getting ready to draw your last breath. Being able to say, I serve the Lord. Now, it's great to be saved. It's great to know and have the assurance and the security in your heart and in your life that your reservation has been made. But oh, isn't it great to say, not only was I saved, but I served. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. 
<clears throat> the night cometh when no man can work. The night comes when we've said our last prayer. The night comes when we've preached our last sermon. The night comes when we taught our last Sunday school lesson. The night comes when we sang our last song. And Jesus said, the night cometh when no man can work. Boy, isn't it good at the end of days you can say, I served him. I served him. I came to church, was a part of the church, was faithful to church. Hey, isn't it wonderful to say I serve? You know what? It, you shouldn't have to force you to serve him. Nobody has to force me to preach. Right, I've been right where you're at, in between. It drives me crazy to go visit a church. And here's some guy get up there couldn't preach. <laughs> Huh? You visit a church, you can't preach, and you're sitting there thinking, I sure wish they'd let me preach. I sure wish they'd call my name. It's hard for me to visit a church unless they're preaching. Amen? I will, you don't have to force me to preach. I've got something. They taught me that. Though Brother Ralph Mims, he taught me when I just got called to preach. He said, now you, I got called to preach, oh, I think it was on a Wednesday. He said, you're preaching Sunday. How about that? He said, you better have a sermon all the time, somewhere, and always. And I learned quick. He just did it Sunday morning sometimes. He'd say, you got a sermon? And I said, well, I didn't expect Sunday. I could expect Sunday night or maybe a Wednesday night, but that's something like Sunday morning. But you didn't have to force me. I was ready to preach. You don't have to force me to sing. I'm all for it. Sing. Son. Hey, you don't have to force me to praise him. I just praise him. You don't have to twist my arm. Hey, I'm thankful for what I got in him. There's a peace in my heart because down through the years, not, not nearly as long, Brother Terry, I hope I'm still preaching 35 years. I've been about, I don't know, about 23. I'm catching you. You keep sitting down long enough, I won't have you. Yeah. Hey. I, you don't have to force me to sing. You don't have to force me. Hey, I like going to church, especially when the Lord is at home. Hey, I'm talking about a peace. You don't have to force me to pray. You don't have to force me to witness. Sometimes I just want to try to be, you know, low-key. Don't want to get out there because they find out you're preaching and they treat you different. Oh, yeah. You know, and they treat you. Yeah, you're preaching. Everybody's like, come to preacher. Huh? But I, you just can't help it sometimes. Just, you ain't even got to have a door open. You just, you'll open the door. If the door ain't open, sometimes if you got that peace in your heart and you want to serve Him, you'll open the door yes. and be praying, God, if you don't want me going in, you better put up another one. Because yeah. here I go, you don't have to force me. Hey, man, you want to serve Him. You don't have to force me to serve. You don't have to force me to sing. It just comes naturally for those who want to have a peace in their heart that passes all understanding. And through the most tragic of circumstances, here he is, sir, uh, here he is having and showing us the great example of having a peace. Yeah. Passes all understanding. The Bible says in John 12, 26, I'll give you this. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. There's an honor that goes with that. And, you know, you get to the end of those days, and you may not, nobody's perfect. And I'm sure there's a lot of things I wished I'd have done different. Maybe tried a little bit harder, worked a little bit harder, prayed a little bit more, studied a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you just say, I've done my best. Notice, he's praying. Father, it's a prayer. I'll tell you what, that prayer will give you some peace. Praying will give you some peace. Prayer will help you. Another prayer on the cross. You see, this shows, this prayer, Father, it shows a communion. 
It shows a relationship. It shows that this is just not something that I better pray now because I'm fixing to draw my last breath. This is something that's been going on for a long time now. Hey, you need to walk with the Lord. Your prayer, how you fellowship with the Lord now, and your prayer is a, is a great example of how close you are to the Lord. Yes. There's a relationship there. When you come to that last day, you've been praying, you've been talking to Him, and you know you got a peace. The Bible says in Isaiah 26 and verse number 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. I'm trying to tell you how to have peace. We're in good hands. We got peace. Not only we got peace, and I won't be very careful with this next word, but there's providence. Yes. The providence of God. Now, you know, there's a little deal with Calvinism and things like that. Y'all know where I stand on Calvinism. But there is something to the providential hand of God. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're ordered by the Lord. We find it all throughout the Bible. Esther, she went through all of that and then there, there at the end and she said, uh, Mordecai said to her, you're here for such a time as this. The providential hand of God has got you in the place where you're at as a queen, to stand for your people. And this is what Mordecai said. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, God will bring somebody else in the picture. God's got a plan. When Jesus went to the cross, that, that just wasn't something that happened. That was a part of the plan. It was part of the plan. It didn't catch him by surprise. He said, I lay my own life down. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. Listen, God's got a plan for you. And sometimes we just need to listen to it. You know, I think about the three Hebrew boys as they were uh, taken to that fiery furnace and they was given the opportunity. We talked about this in chapel, youth chapel, the other Wednesday night. The king said, you're going to bow down or we're going to put you in that fire. And they said, you can put us in the fire. We may not live or we may not live. But God's got us here for a reason. And we're going to stay true to him. Daniel, same way. The hand of God was upon him. Paul, his hand was on the providential hand of God. He believed and he came to the last days. And there, the Bible, Fox's Book of Martyrs tell us that Paul had his head cut off. Like John the Baptist's head was cut off. Another great example, it was prophesied of who John the Baptist was. What he would do, how he would die. And it was the, didn't seem fair. It didn't seem fair for someone like John the Baptist to have to die like he did. But hey, the providential hand of God. We don't always understand it. And then even Paul the Apostle, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. And under it all, there's a peace. Yes. That the providential hand of God knows right where I'm at. Amen. He said, I've got the very sparrows. If I know when a sparrow falls, he knows exactly what you're going through. Sometimes you may wonder. Sometimes you may try to figure it all out. <laughs> you might as well just quit trying to figure it out and just do what you're supposed to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. The providential hand of God. There's a, we have a temporary association here. We got a temporary association. We're only here for a little while, and Abraham said we're just strangers and pilgrims. We've got a job to do. We've got a duty to fulfill, and there's a commitment to Christ. He says, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Now, I don't know. That's a great illustration of a 
of just being committed to Christ into thy hands. Whatever it is, Lord, you want me to go through in this life, into, into thy hands. I'm in good hands. May not always be what I want. Maybe not always what I expect. Crucified life is not easy. But into thy hands I commend my spirit. Put my life in his hands. And it's just a temporary, just a temporary thing. It's, we're just strangers and pilgrims. There's a commitment to Christ. Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. Moses said, Here I am. Abraham said, Here am I. Uh, Paul said, What wilt thou have me to do? All these men had a peace because they believed in the providential hand of God that looked out for them. It's a temporary, we just got temporary associations. We got an association with the Lord that's going to last forever. We've got all eternity to look forward to. But there's also in the providential hand of God, and we've been studying Ecclesiastes on Wednesday night, something that I have learned is uh, Solomon really points out to the fact that we go the way of all the earth. There's an appointment that nobody's going to get out of. Hebrews 9.27 is appointed unto men once to die and after this judgment. And uh, James chapter 4 says, What is your life? It is even a vapor. Appear for a little while and then vanish it away. Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. We've all got an appointment we don't like to think about, but in the providential hand of God, we have to realize that the Lord does know best. It's the best thing that we can do, and the best thing that we can say is, Lord, into thy hand. Here's my life. I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. Whatever it is you have planned for me, if it's, if it's a mountain, I must climb. And I think about Job many times. The struggles of life that he had. But he just, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's just going to follow the Lord. Hey, you're in good hands. When you put your life in the hands of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, you are in good hands. There's the peace that Jesus gives. There's the providence. And then last, I'm going to finish up with this, as being prepared. Being prepared. He said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And here he said, I commend my spirit. In life is not always a bowl of cherries, and we've seen that in the Lord Jesus Christ's life. And here he said... uh, I commend my spirit. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to... This, this life that is temporary anyway, he said, I'm ready to go, uh, go to heaven, ready to come back to the throne, ready to do what I need to do. I wonder if we could say the same thing. I wonder if we could say we're prepared. We're prepared. Now, I'm sure that we'd all say, well, I'd like to maybe sing one more song before I go. Maybe like to witness one more soul if the Lord's going to call me. Maybe... Maybe leave one more person to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to do that maybe before I went on. But, you know, for the most part, I guess I could say I'm ready. I'm prepared. And that's what the Lord said. End of his days, he said, I'm ready to go. Prepared. Preparation. The soul and the spirit throughout the Bible are closely related. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.8, Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We do have a home. Yes. And we do have a hope. And it's steadfast and sure. It's the anchor of the soul. There's a preparation. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is something to being prepared as a Christian. You know, make your preparations. Told Hezekiah, 
He said, uh, prepare yourself. Get prepared for your days are coming. Your days are numbered. Of course, then Hezekiah prayed for a little bit longer life, and the Lord gave him longer life. Set thy house in order, the Lord said, for your days coming. Of course, Hezekiah prayed, the Lord gave him a little more time. Maybe the Lord will do that for you, but hey, we need to be prepared. There's a preparation, our spirit. You know, this old body is going to be laid to the ground, but our spirit, that, that, that which is within us, lasts forever. Yes. Through all eternity. Is your soul saved? Are you on your way to heaven? This old body was made from the dirt, and the Bible says the dirt, that's where it's going to go. It's just a shell. Who you are is inside of you. Have you given your heart and your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ? That's how you make true preparations. There's a security when you make preparations. John 6, 37 says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Isn't that? Now, that's, that's some security. That's some security. John 18, 9, now this, notice this. Of them, Jesus said, Of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. I haven't lost any of them. The ones that, the, the ones that were saved, the ones that were truly born again, Hadn't lost any of them. Why? Because you're in good hands. You, you, you're not making a mistake putting your life in the hands of the Lord. You may not always understand it. You know, the biggest mistake you make is trying to put your own life in your own hands. You say, I want to control my destiny. Sometimes the best thing you can do is say, Lord, I don't want to control my destiny. Here's my life. Here's my heart. Here's our Lord said in, on the cross, and it's Great words, Father, into thy hands. I commend my spirit. And of course, this is the prayer of the dying Lord Jesus Christ, but this would be a great prayer to pray right now. This would be a great prayer to say early at a young age, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. I want to follow and do and say and whatever it is you want me to do, that's what I want to do. In good hands. And I'll tell you what, you're in good hands. And I'm glad I'm in good hands. John 10 said, verse 28, you put in the hands of the Father, and the Son has put the hands over that, and you got the Holy Spirit in your heart. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Spiritually, that's, you're in good hands. Was all states say? You're in good hands? They may go under tomorrow. But I'll tell you someone who's not going to go under. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. He said, I'm the beginning and the end. He said, I am forever and will be forever. All eternity. And he said, I've lost none of them. I've lost none of them. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And I think you ought to come to him. If you've never come to the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart and soul, today is the day. Amen. You put your heart and your life in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we bow and have an invitational hymn. We're going to sing an invitational hymn just before we sing. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And we're going to pray in just a minute. <clears throat> Maybe you're here today and uh, you'd say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that I've put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come get you. But I want to pray for you today. You'd say, Preacher, would you remember me in your prayers? I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I've taken that step of faith and invited the Lord into my heart. I'm not even real sure what you're talking about, about being a Christian and being born again and uh, putting my faith in Christ. And I'd like to know more about this. 
remember me in your prayers. No one's looking. It's just me. I want to pray for you. Pray for me, preacher. Uh, just raise your hand real quick. I'll remember you in my prayers. Would there be one? Pray for me, preacher. I'm not sure I'm a Christian. Not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I were to draw my last breath, I can have the security that I'm in good hands. Just slip up your hand. Pray for me, preacher. Pray for me. What page are we going to sing about this? Brother Mark. Page number 22, as we all stand and sing. Page number 22, if you'd like to come today and pray, you can do that. Uh, if you need to be saved today, you can come get saved this morning. And if you just like to come to this old-fashioned altar and pray a little while, that'd be good too. But as we sing, Lord spoke to your heart, won't you come?